Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist Podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, a trauma-informed spiritual mentor, certified meditation teacher, and human design expert. I'm empowering empaths in recovery and healing from narcissistic abuse, childhood trauma through human design, self-care, mindfulness advice, and expert interviews. Subscribe now. This is season five, episode 64, six toxic phrases narcissists always use. Have you ever wondered when you get to the tail end of a toxic relationship, just blowing up in your face and you go, how the hell did we get here? Yeah, this is it. And these are the tiny minuscule covert red flags the phrases that highly narcissistic people say as well as the narcissist. Now, to clarify, what is narcissism? Just to clarify, NPD is a behavioral disorder in the DSM, and it is a highly over-exaggerated sense of self and a lack of empathy and the lack of taking responsibility for any type of behavior that the ego does. We all have egos. We all have this shadow part of us that we either want to defend ourselves or make sure that we don't look stupid. Uh, but however, a healthy human being will recognize, you know what? I probably shouldn't have said that. I was angry. I'm sorry. That's not something that the narcissist will ever do. They will always say, here's one phrase, I'm sorry you feel that way. So number one is, I'm sorry you feel that way. It is a cheap escape of an apology. It's a fake apology. And they say, well, I apologized, didn't I? And they act like they apologized, but they didn't actually take any responsibility for their fault in making you feel how you felt. So this is a beautiful covert. No, this is an insidious covert way of apologizing and fronting that they did apologize when in essence, it was not a true apology. The second one is, I don't want to make this about me, but, and then they go on for like an hour about themselves. Those who are narcissistic do not ask questions about the other person in a conversation. So if they start to make an example out of themselves or this, say this particular phrase, I don't want to, make this about me or take the stage and then they go on and on it's one thing to share one statement and share an example it's another thing to completely suck up the space and take over the conversation without asking if the other person relates if how the other person has experienced life what they think what they're doing how are you what about you these are all questions that a healthy relationship that is reciprocal has. Whereas if you're in a toxic relationship, the other person will rarely or ever ask, what about you? How are you doing? How are you feeling about this? They will just go on and on and on about how they feel and they don't care about how you feel. There's your red flag of zero empathy. Number three, they will say, why are you doing this to me? Have you heard that? I'm sure we've all heard that if you've dealt with a narcissist. 
if you have done something, oh, that's not even it. Like if you've expressed how you feel or you're trying to bring up an offense that they have placed upon you and you're trying to like rectify the problem, which is never solved because they're always deflecting it and pushing it off and never giving time for resolving any conflict. So you bring it up again and you're like, yeah, you, you just did it again. Like that really makes me feel belittled, right? Let's say, for example, they say something off the cuff that's really insulting. And so they will just shift the role of becoming the victim. It's like, why are you doing this to me? No one else ever says that I belittle them and going on and on about how they're the victim and they even might start crying. They might start to really make you feel guilty. And what come to find out is that they have such an insecurity about themselves. They have no space to hold anyone else's struggles but themselves. So therefore, any of your feelings, things that you're dealing with, things you want to brainstorm, just like real struggles in life that you want to talk out, maybe you want to solve a problem in that relationship, whatever struggles you have, to the narcissist, it's an inconvenience, which is a huge red flag. Healthy relationships hold space for reciprocal problem solving. Another fun phrase that you will hear is, I'm a busy person. I don't have time for this. Again, you bring up a grievance, something you want to solve, a struggle you're dealing with. They don't have time for you. They don't have empathy. This is the narcissistic trait. They're too busy. Therefore, they don't have time for everything to be perfect, right? This is a big thing too. It's like everything has to go smoothly. Everything has to be perfect. No one else has to have problems. I think because they have such a big mask up that they don't have the emotional tools or capacity to be able to know how to have empathy, to know how to help others, to hold space for others. I mean, everything has to look perfect. So like everyone else just has to figure it out and deal with it because they themselves, their perspective and viewpoint on the world is that that's how they've done it. So when everyone else should just fake it till they make it, everyone else should just like suck it up and carry on and continue with their tasks and being perfect and the outwardly appearance. And I think the narcissist also doesn't really let themselves, let their guard down. So they don't even let themselves feel bad about themselves very often. I mean, I think they play the victim, yes, but to really do any shadow work or self-assessment or emotional evaluation, that's too scary. That's why they hate therapy. Like, they're just going to keep themselves busy and distracted and perfect on the outside, doing everything as they can perfect. And so when you're bringing these real life scenarios to them like maybe therapy sessions it may feel like um, some of the shadows they don't have time for it they can't otherwise they will they feel like they'll melt down and die like they just don't have time for it number five is I hope you know who you're messing with this is another really scary one I've personally experienced I will ruin your life if you say this or if you continue to act like this or do this And what this is, is number one, shows you that they are vengeful. Narcissists will do anything in their power that they can 
to drag your name through the mud, to be vengeful, to make sure that, again, they look perfect and they don't have any flaws that you could take them to court with. However, thank you for evidence and the court. There's a whole bunch that they do behind the doors that you can collect evidence and actually prove that they are abusing and having coercive control. Uh, Yeah, so it's insane. But a lot of the times when this person, my ex, text me threatening me when I joined hashtag me too that he would ruin my life I was freaking frightened I was shaking I called the police and then fortunately there is you can't file a report against anyone threatening you via text I don't know why I think it should be new with all of our technology that should be added to the rap sheet that's something law we need to change but bullying and things like that, you can't file a report about text messages, things like that. They have to physically come and harm you, which is like the last, re- you don't want that. You don't even want it to escalate to that. They do this in order to exert power. And really it's an illusion of power, right? So what happened with me is that I stopped talking about hashtag me too. It worked, right? He scared the crap out of me. And mainly because I've thought of other things of how, what really I valued in life, which he doesn't value. And so I wanted to protect those people. And so in my circumstance, I also then realized, well, I do need to write a book about this. So he didn't silence me for long. I was pissed that he silenced me for a bit. But I realized it is an illusion. He has nothing against me, especially if I'm not dragging his name through the mud. Literally, I could be talking about how many millions of people in the world are there? Like, there's no name calling in the book. I changed everyone's name. I specifically protected him and his identity as well in order to protect my children. So it's just a matter of knowing how to do things smartly, calculating your risks, because they can actually be vengeful. Like as much as it's an illusion of power that you, they are using this phrase, they are a lot of talk with no bark, but sometimes they do actually follow through and bark. That's where the domestic physical violence starts to come into play. When they can't control you with their words, then they start to control you with their physical brute strength. So be careful be mindful and if you're in that situation do as much minimal interaction with them gray rock just say okay move on and plan your escape the last one number six it's not fair it's not fair what's not fair that you're not taking responsibility and narcissism is something where again they don't take responsibility they don't apologize so why would they think that they're not above all the rules they think they are above the rules and then when the rules somehow get laid out they don't want to experience any consequences which is probably something they haven't experienced in their childhood they've been enabled to be this much of a giant child right the enabling is what has formed their highly inflated self that they're above the rules character and so a consequence or a rule they just be like I'm the victim that's not fair like there should be exceptions to the rules or I'm just a really nice person or I'm innocent well yeah you're you think you're innocent in your head because you're never gonna take responsibility ever 
And then you're just going to continue to to abuse the next person you're with and the next person and then ditch them and discard them. There are actual consequences for that behavior. And even if it's not on this earth plane, it's called karma. And it's going to come back either on this earth plane or another life. And I don't wish that on anybody. So you guys better figure it out. We have to have empathy in the world. We have to have understanding and understanding that we're all unique. We don't all beat to the same drum. We all have our own drums. But we also need to be humble and not have this inflated sense of self. And also the insecurities of the narcissist. They really don't, they have this overinflated sense of self and they have this, what they would call self-love. They might even blame other people for looking in the mirror for too long if they're just sitting there speaking affirmations and really doing mental mindfulness exercises. That's not really narcissism. Looking like how long you look in the mirror is not a definition of narcissism. But the narcissist also does not have space for true, unconditional love. Everything's transactional, including with themselves. When you have unconditional self-love, you understand your self-worth. And then you all of a sudden have this like deep aha moments about empathy and compassion and how other people are just trying to get along in life just like you are. But if you're always guarded, you don't allow yourself to go to those depths of shadow work and mindfulness and I would call a spiritual awakening, then you're always going to be in your giant ice castle or armadillo shell that's guarding your heart. And you won't ever be able to be intimate with anybody in a healthy reciprocal relationship. I'm speaking to the narcissist in this world. And I know empaths, you're like, I'm not the narcissist. I'm just saying, this is what they need to do for us. So if they are not letting their guard down, being vulnerable, like truly, I know some of them put on a really good act that they're being vulnerable. But that, again, is their victim playing. If they are not holding compassion, essentially doing self-improvement, self-development work on themselves, And they're just continuing to go day to day in their ego and blaming everyone else. They have not mindfully awakened and shifted out of narcissism. So if you're with someone, you're like, oh, no, they're they're changing. Or he says, I'm sorry. Oh, really? Does he say, I'm sorry to you for what he did? Or does he say, I'm sorry you feel that way? What kind of an apology is it? So again, us empaths, we cannot continue to justify the abuse and the bad behavior and normalize it. We have to draw boundaries and instill consequences, which is you don't get to talk to me anymore. I am not your supply anymore. That is a real consequence, right? Just like taking a toy away from a toddler. That is a real consequence. And so this is what we need to start doing to draw the line in the sand and guard our energies as empaths and see the red flags and see all of these phrases as just another manipulation tactic. So be mindful out there. Guard yourselves and guard your hearts. And remember, always keep your unique light shining through your empath shield. Starting May 6th, I am ramping up and starting the 
how to detox yourself from the narcissist because we get so addicted to that toxic love cycle. So May 6th, I'm starting a new tier on Patreon. It's a series that we're going to talk about once a week video coaching and then once a week live that you can join in and ask your questions and we can have some interactions about the toxic love detox. Thank you for your podcast and book. It has helping me through this dark period. Thank you for sharing your story, end quote. I have heard this countless of times and I am so grateful. My guidebook is to serve you in your healing journey and it weaves my story into lessons and is a must read on your self-discovery journey. I've included 20 plus healing resources such as guided meditations, exercises, and journal prompts to heal and to understand your human design and some astrology concepts as well. You can buy your copy of my book, Empath and the Narcissist, How to Overcome Narcissistic Abuse and Recover from PTSD, Codependency, Gaslighting, Manipulation, and Learn How to Live Your True Self with Human Design 101 on Amazon and listen on Audible. And if you've read my book and you're wondering how to interpret your human design chart as I cover that in chapter 12, I'd be happy to read your chart for you. Click the link in the show notes for your human design reading. Don't forget... For a limited time only, you can grab your free copy on Audible. Just sign up in the link in the show notes, and I will email you your own special code to redeem your free copy. If you want personal help in gaining clarity, your authentic power back, and healing to be rid of the narcissist for good, join our empath community and receive sparkle reminder inspiration every Saturday and strategies to heal from narcissist abuse. Plus, get your free human design chart summary and free 20-minute support call with me. As soon as you're in, I'll gift you your human design reading with your type, strategy, and inner authority. So join now and get your reading within 24 hours. I'm so grateful for you listening finding the show and sharing it with your friends. It would give a great boost in the heart-centered algorithm to rate and review this podcast if you are enjoying it. Take a screenshot, share it on your socials, share it in a text message to a friend that you know right now needs to be pulled out of the quicksand. And remember, always keep your unique light shining. I just wanna make it last Try to let go of the past I close my eyes, embrace the blast Sleepless nights and headaches stack Restlessness to hell and back What's my purpose, what do I grab? A slippery surface, a heart attack And sometimes you just gotta believe There's something that'll give you relief There's something that'll have what you need What you need We're broken, it's tragic, we're not all elastic, but maybe there's magic.